Welcome everyone to another episode of Broken Headphones, Studio 393's podcast on U of M 101.5. I'm your host, Osani Balkran, joined by our hosts, Sapphire McLeod and Kenneth Castillo. And today we have Tyler Sneezeby, aka DJ Honeycutt, on the show with us today. Mr. Honeycutt, can you give us, the me and the audience, a brief description about yourself and uh, what you do? I've been a DJ since... Uh... I've been making hip hop music since 1991. Um, so do the math on that one. And uh, <laughs> uh, I've been playing in and around the city and in uh, the country and around the world for quite some time. And now I'm one of the owners of the Goodwill Social Club. How did you start the Goodwill Social Club? Well, the Goodwill isn't the first music venue i've owned i was an owner of a place called the uh, union sound hall that we opened up in 2013 it, it lasted a, a, only a few years um and it quickly sort of it started off our hopes for that place was was for it to be a, a, a live music venue but it uh, because of the neighbors and because of the conditions that the landlord had, it, it sort of was, our hand was sort of forced and, and it was sort of just became a nightclub just because mm. we couldn't, we couldn't do, um, we couldn't do sound checks because we couldn't disturb the neighbors and we couldn't do mm. early events. So it basically just became a nightclub. And that wasn't really what I was hoping for. I was hoping to be more a part of the live music scene in the city. And so the, the following year, um, some other pals I knew had an opportunity to uh, open up a, a, the Goodwill, and they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And since um, since uh, since my true passion is is live music, I I, I hopped on board and joined them, and and uh, we opened up the Goodwill in 2014, so five and a half years ago. Amazing oh. time for uh, I also find that the Goodwill has a variety of customers and shows, uh, like for yeah. example. Uh, you guys host the Queer Bingo Nights, and you guys host Sackaway Festival, and I just find, yeah, like a variety of different shows and um, nights there at the Goodwill. Um, I just want to know, uh, what is the importance of putting on uh, all these different communities and walks of life? Well, we like to think of the Goodwill as a as sort of a blank canvas, and if you come to us with your... your um, ideas that we would we like to be able to offer offer that blank canvas for you to do what you need to need and want to do and uh we, we like to facilitate other you know uh, other voices so i mean if a community if a community comes to us and says we have this weird idea we say well how can we make it make it happen basically i think the um the uh subculture the the sort of um the sort of the culture of weird in winnipeg is is so small that there's lots of crossover so i think i think um no no sort of subculture is big enough in the city of winnipeg to sort of sustain itself everybody needs there's there's lots of crossover and there's lots of uh everybody needs every every other everybody else's um support and participation so i think that's where the goodwill fits in is that is that, is that we can sort of support all of those those smaller niche uh subcultures and and um everybody sort of has found a home at the goodwill which i which i find quite uh um i i, I take great pride in that 
No, I have a, I have a lot of respect for that. Um, just because, yeah, like you mentioned, like the avenue for weird in Winnipeg mm-hmm. had like is fairly small um, in comparison to other cities, but the the tight knit, like it's so tight knit within Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and so like just creating a space for that crossover and being open and creating room for like within the business for that openness and for that diversity is really really cool. Um, and then I one of the things that I really admire or really enjoy about the Goodwill. Um, it's just like the the room for community in it. So like even with the save the Goodwill like response and like um, how everyone was so quick to um, chip in or share or um, contribute in some way. Like, was there anything about that response? Like, were you even anticipating that response that you got from the community? Well, I mean, when we set up the, the GoFundMe in order to help us pay our bills while we're shut down, uh, we, we set it up to run for a month because that's how long we expected it would take for us to raise the money we needed. And so um, it was quite uh, overwhelming, of course, to, to, to say the least, when we, when we raised that money in, uh, you know, three and a half hours. So, I mean, uh, it's nice to know that other people feel it's nice to know that the community feels that um that uh you know i can't imagine a a city without without the goodwill um and it's it it was very humbling to to know that other people felt felt that way as well so it was it was um it was quite uh quite overwhelming for sure to to see that sort of to see that sort of reaction because we, we, we feel as though we, um, we do provide, uh, a, a safer space for people to come and, and, and be themselves and, and put on events that other, that other places won't take chances on. And, uh, so, so, you know, without, without trying to sound too, too, um, to toot our own horns, horns, we do feel we ha- we have an important place in the city and we didn't want to just, um, say goodbye to that. So that's why we sort of went uh, and humbly sort of asked for for help to stay open, and and people responded. So that was that was nice. No, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, just even traveling and being back here because Winnipeg, Winnipeg has a way of becoming home. It doesn't matter how far you go. It's uh, <laughs> true. It's true. For sure. Um, it's been really interesting. Like I, like you said, like I can't imagine what Winnipeg would look like without the goodwill. I feel like the the city would go back a couple of decades in terms of like the advancement of like the scene or like various scenes, whether it be within um, community organizing or within the queer community or within um, the music community. Just having a reliable venue that attracts the audience that you know that you want having a safe space, um, like you mentioned, being set aside for these communities that are often pushed to the side um, Mm -hmm. has been really, really, really cool. And so I I honestly can't imagine um, Winnipeg without the goodwill. Um, And just thinking about that or going off that note and like hoping for other venues. I want more goodwills in the city. (laughs) Yeah, you and me. Yeah, me too. Like, what's the impact that you feel like that the girls had on the city or like you and the crew that own it 
have had on the city? It's, it's hard to say. I just think that there are there are priorities that uh, um, that other businesses and not just music venues, but um, um, there are priorities that that you know that that people do need to feel safe where where when they come to your place, whether it's a whether it's a a music venue or or um, a restaurant or or even just a festival or a concert. I just think I think sort of um, being a safer space is sort of the last uh, sort of the last frontier in terms of um, in terms of um, um, music music venues. And I think um, we're certainly we're you know we're certainly not not perfect, and we're still certainly learning, and we're we're still trying to. Um, you know, do what we can every day to 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 make it make it make ourselves better. But um, I certainly think that other people have sort of t taken that sort of approach to heart when they are um, creating their business model and their values, their business values of their of whatever it is they're trying to to start and trying to to create. That that um, that those values are important to the people who they hope to come to their to their space and i think that um you know um it's not just about getting people in to your space and and um in serving them alcohol and and getting them to party it's about it's about um uh, being entrenched in the in in the community and i think i think obviously that's why um people sort of responded when we when we um, were vulnerable and had to ask for for help, so mm -hmm. I, I I think that I would hope that that is the main thing that people have sort of taken from the goodwill is that 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 values of a of a of a business are are important and 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 if you want to truly be a part of your community, it, it, you have to do more than just give them a a fun place to be. You have to give them a um something that is that is that they they'll take they'll take ownership of and they'll take um, um and, and their values and their values are represented in 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 your values i suppose yeah no thank you for that and thank you for acknowledging because maintaining a safer space is just that a commitment so thank you for stating that it's a value that you have as an organization and that uh there's always room um, for growth and improvement I appreciate no, it. No question. Yeah, no question. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a path. It's a journey. It's not, it's not, there's no, there's no, there's no, um, you know, graduation. There's no diploma. There's no, there's no finish line. It's always, you're always, you're always learning and you're always making mistakes and hopefully learning from those mistakes. Yeah. I live pretty close by the Goodwill. So, and and I've been sober now for like four years, and definitely I can I can say that's like one of the very few bars in the city where I can go to like fully sober and uh, not feel like someone's trying to get me to buy bottle service, which is good because I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I no. yeah. yeah. Just can't. Um, but yeah, I I really like the Goodwill just like because like being a part of Studio Three Nine Three, it's been an amazing place to perform and. Uh, I've got to play really packed shows there, and I've got to play uh, really intimate shows there, which is awesome. But I remember uh, 
one of my one of the memories that sticks out to me being there was uh i was just kind of i was like because i live in west end so i took the 11 just to take the bus and i got off like two stops later i was and i was like oh how convenient i'm at the goodwill where i am like every every other ever other night <laughs> and um and it was a dj i think it was maybe like 80s night and i went in there and uh went in and i remember seeing boogie and he was like and he brought me he brought me up backstage and i was like i was like oh, i was like thanks i, I don't really want to dance and I said, so what are you doing here? And he, and then he said, I, I'm studying. I was like, oh yeah. He said, yeah. And he, and he was watching you DJ. And he said, I'm, I'm studying on how like how really good DJs make mixes. I, I thought that was cool because I was like, I thought like I see Boogie as like a really like a really good DJ. And then he and then I remember listening and then I was listening to that uh to the to the record that they had with like McEnroe and Pip, and it was uh. And and you were doing like really good scratches in there, so I guess yeah. what I was really excited to ask you was just about your DJing and how how you're able. I guess my question is just like, what is it that you focus most on DJing, and what's the importance of learning everything? Well, let's see. I mean, it's first of all, shouts out to to Boogie the Beat. I think yeah, he does love to just come and and hang out, and he often does say that. He you know how much respect he gives a lot of respect which uh, which i think is very flattering to have a someone like boogie uh, you know want to hang out with us just to just to watch us watch us dj but um i mean obviously djing to a dance party and djing on record and and scratching on record are two very different things and um when you're djing in a in a in a in a club um you know when you're playing you know you 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 think about basketball when you're when you you know um, when you watch someone who's playing basketball and they're just shooting lights out and they're and they're playing really well and they often refer to that being in a zone um you know he's in the zone or she's in the zone right now um that's sort of how i feel the best dj moments are is that when you are on stage and the audience is riding with you they're they're following you wherever you take them and they're not they're trusting you you know they're not you know harassing you to play their requests they're not treating you like a human jukebox you know they're 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 saying okay this guy knows this guy knows what he's doing and he's going to you know we trust that wherever he takes us is a place that we're going to want to go and even if we don't know the song that he's playing we can trust that it's going to be dope and um so when you're in that zone and the audience is 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 following you and you're taking chances and you're making these sort of you're improvising and you're making these sort of connections on the fly or there's or there's these things that you're just like i'm gonna try this right now i'm gonna just go for this right now and it works or that you make or you get happy accidents there's all these things that are happening um that that uh that i think the best dj moments um um exist in those times when you're making these when you're sort of in that uh, so-called zone um those are the funnest times for me as a, as a dj in, in a in a at a dance party is is when people just are riding with you and you can you can take them places uh that they weren't expecting to go and you're and even places that you weren't you weren't expecting to go and you're trying new things on the fly 
and they are working or they're not working, but you just keep it moving. And that to me is, that to me is the, the sort of, the, 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 the golden, uh, the golden hand of, of DJing. That's where you want, that's where you want to be every time. And of course, not every DJ set's going to be like that. Sometimes DJ sets feel like, like a, you know, you're working a nine to five job at a, at a gas station you know what i mean like it feels like real work you know like because it's like this sucks but uh other times you're just riding that vibe and you're in the zone and and people are riding with you and th those are the really good those are the really good times and and those are the those are the that's what i want need that's when i'm in a in an audience if i'm the boogie the beat of in the in the audience and i'm studying dj that's what i want to hear i want to hear djs taking chances i want to hear djs taking audiences on a, on a bit of a journey and taking and taking them places they're not comfortable going. I don't want to hear DJs just playing the popular hits, you know, anybody can do that. So I guess that's, that's what I see as the best, the best aspects of DJ. That's all. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, totally, I totally agree. I love it when DJs add their own, uh, add their own flavor. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, in in preparation for this uh, interview, uh, I was trying to look for for things that you like scratched on, and and then I looked on Spotify and I saw the "Time Is Running Out" EP. So I tried mm -hmm. listening. To, I was listening to that while jogging and or while treadmilling and running up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I was, I was just wondering what the what your relationship to that record is. Like, did you produce those beats? Did you get everyone on it? How did that come about? The Farm Fresh record "Time Is Running Out" yeah. uh, is Farm Fresh. Of course, was Pip Skid, McEnroe, and myself. That was a, a rap group that we formed in the early '90s, and that 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 record uh, that that from that rap group form we formed our hip hop label, Peanuts and Corn Records, um, which we released. I mean, I guess the 45s that I put out a few months ago was officially the 50th 50th release by Peanuts and Corn. So yeah, in the, in the in the uh, 25 years that Peanuts and Corn was around, we we put we put out 50 50 records and still still more to come. McEnroe's got another another record coming soon, but uh, yeah, the time is running out. Was uh, a record that we put out. We had Farm Pressure sort of split up, and then we were still making records together, like Pipskid solo records and McEnroe solo records, and and, uh, and then we sort of reunited to make the Time Is Running Out record. And um, I made some of the beats on that. The, pro the process of that album was, was um, we, we, we sort of all moved back to Brandon to make that record. We stayed in my parents' basement. We did all of the digging for all of the records in Brandon and we produced all the beats based on records that we, we found in Brandon. And um, um, because that was our roots, we started in, in Brandon, Manitoba. Um, and yeah, I produced some of the beats on that record. Uh, McEnroe is is sort of the does the lion's share of production on on that record, but also for the label itself. Um, but I did produce some of the records, on, uh, some of the songs on that record, and I did, of course, all the scratching, and I even rap on one of the songs. Um, but yeah, finding scratch parts for songs is also a really much different way of DJing, and. You know, that's how I get to communicate on records. You know, Pip gets to write his lyrics and McEnroe gets to write his lyrics. But um, uh, but my my time to shine on those records is 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 
finding scratch parts. And I like to find more than just uh, a, a noise. I like to make sort of sentences. I like to make, so uh, I like to find several parts and make make a whole sentence, scratch sentence. Those are, those are um, you know, if I listen to some of my favorite scratching, like DJ Premier scratching on here on Gangstar albums, you know, he's doing more than just scratching a noise. He's scratching two or three different parts and making sort of miniature sentences. And I sort of like to do that on, on records. And I think I did some really nice ones on that Time is Running Out album. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Though, yeah, those scratches, uh, they came through, came through, through really nice. Um, also, you had your time to shine on uh, 30 in the club, right? When you, when you, do, <laughs> <laughs> when you do the seg segment about Prince. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's funny to think about now because now I'm, you know, 45 in the club, but, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Just sort of talking to the, the, the sort of, um, it's, it's a bit of a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, uh, interlude where I'm talking to, talking to a girl in the club and, and talking about, uh, Prince's, uh, Purple Rain and how, uh, how she was born the same year that record came out. And, you know, you're, the, 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 it was supposed to sound like I was old, but now of course I'm way older than that. So, so, uh, but you know, I, I don't, I don't talk to girls in the club anymore, so I guess I'm okay with that. So. <laughs> I, I remember when um just like a funny story i mean my dad my dad was like oh like probably in his 40s and my sister and my cousins were just sitting at the clubs and um i i don't even know what brought this man to the clubs that day but he was there when my sister and my cousin were out and it was just the funniest thing the funniest thing uh, right, being in the being in the being in the club when when you're when you're when your your daughter's there <laughs> Actually, oh, yeah. like, yeah. like, so <laughs> yeah. do your yeah. thing. But yeah. no, I'm just so grateful for for your time. Um, Tyler, Mr. Hanika, thank you for um uh, being here with us and answering our questions, giving Bye. us some insights onto the things, everything thank from DJing and making an amazing set to how to maintain your values and staying in a business i i really appreciate it yeah yeah here's hoping we can get back to business soon and and uh have uh have y'all in there uh performing again and uh yeah i look forward to the day when we can we can uh, be chopping it up in person at the goodwill but for now this is fun we just chat on the chat on the internet 